Yeah, I know. Um, your preambles are always like really good. This has been shit so far. <laughs> right, but he's. I always think. I guess we're quite. I'm quite. I feel like I sound like I'm mean to you on them. Yeah. But I'm not actually. That's not our dynamic. <laughs> but also. Shut up, Anna. <laughs> yeah. Look, on this episode, can you just not talk as much? We think that we're not saying anything that would make good preamble, and then he comes out with a banger. Welcome to Is This Working, a podcast that questions how modern work impacts our lives. The tools we use to work have changed drastically, but how we work hasn't. In this podcast, we explore how we can make work work better for us. We're your hosts, me, Anna Codrado, and me, Tiffany Philippou. This show isn't about the future of work. This is about what's happening in work right now. It's the season finale. And boy, do we have a special episode today. Uh, we've got some brilliant guests on today's show, David Speed and Adam Brazier, aka The Creative Rebels. For anyone who doesn't know David and Adam, they run a couple of successful creative businesses, their main one being a mural company called Graffiti Life. Uh, and Adam and David have taken everything that they've learned from building their businesses over the last 10 years and put it all into an absolutely brilliant podcast called Creative Rebels, which I have also had the pleasure and honour of being a guest on. I absolutely loved our chat with those guys. They are 100% on our wavelength and it's the perfect wrap up to season two. We talked about success, money and happiness, ambition and productivity. And so much of the conversation has really stuck with me. And this episode is going to be super helpful for anyone listening. And before we dive in to the interview, just one quick reminder to everyone to please share this episode as it will help us more, reach more listeners um, ahead of our exciting season three. Whoop, whoop. Enjoy the show. One of the reasons we wanted to have this conversation with you guys for our season finale is because we noticed so many of the same things coming up for us over yeah. the course of our season. And I'm really curious to hear what the problems are that you've been hearing, what the feedback has been from your audience and whether or not there is quite a lot of whether or not there is overlap. So what are some of the things that have been um, coming up for you? What the what that you've been hearing from over the course of the from our audience yeah 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 um so i think finance is a really big one so most people will convince themselves they can't do it because they can't afford to uh, or they've got like thing they've got people that depend on them they've got rent to pay they've got really certain things that almost traps them in their day job so yeah because for us when we first started our business it was 10 years ago now and we lived on beans and noodles we call it the beans and noodles era because that was all we were surviving on and and i moved back in with my parents and but we were young enough to be able to 
sacrifice everything so that we could just jump straight in and and go all in on graffiti life so um adam like his girlfriend paid his rent for like six months we're like literally we just were beg stealing and borrowing from anyone but we were in the fortunate position that we were young enough to be able to do that we didn't have a family or a or a or a mortgage, mortgage or anything yeah. like that that was kind of and so a lot of people we hear from are saying well well what do i do because i do have those those things and some of our guests have talked about it and like we we talk quite a lot about how to how to deal with that if you do have those other responsibilities yeah because it's funny a lot of the people we've had in our show they've started the thing that they're doing now that they're happy doing because something bad something bad has happened to them hi me yeah exactly yeah <laughs> and yeah and it's that being made redundant something happening with your job so you can't do it anymore something happened to your family member something big happens and then it kind of shakes them into oh uh, well what am i going to do now well i could try that thing i've always wanted to do um, so what we talk about a lot now is trying to create your own redundancy and like just start saving now and a lot of people are like, well oh i don't earn enough to save but they don't actually if you analyze everything that you currently spend and start scrimping for the next year live like you've got no money now you can save up enough to give yourself a six months lead time or something on a really really basic thing and if that involves moving back home moving somewhere cheaper living somewhere less nice than you currently do it's that sacrifice in the short term is going to pay off so much more in the long term but i think people don't want to have three years of shit because it is when it's really hard when you start something it's hard and people don't want to put themselves through that but we always try and tell people and everyone we've interviewed who's gone through that is like it's worth it like it it comes out the other side so you're so much happier for it what I think is quite ironic is a lot of young people say I can't afford to do it I can't afford to do it and then by the time they almost break then they're actually in situations where it's much harder to do it like with mortgages and kids and everything like that Mm. so I guess what we all want to do is say to people find a way to make it work because it's just going to get harder essentially I think sacrifice is is the key thing I don't know any successful people that haven't sacrificed something at some point and whether that's like I know I can't come out for drinks because I'm working on my business or um, no I can't buy that new coat because I'm working I'm putting the money into my business it's like like we're so bad at, uh, as humans as at sacrificing things and giving up stuff if the if the reward isn't instant it's like like so I had to sell my entire sneaker collection but I just kept on to the vision of like in three or four years time I'll be able to buy them all back I didn't because they all went up rocketed up in price and I was really annoyed that I sold them but but like it's it's things like that is knowing that they're they're knowing that a brighter future is coming and that's I think there's a lot of uncertainty from people and I think a lot of our audience are almost asking for for permission from us like do you do you think this is a good idea and we like kind of we've got a responsibility to our audience of like this might not work and you have to know that going in like this could be a spectacular failure but from that comes learning and and so it's reframing what failure actually is Um, because to a lot of people it's the fear of other people's opinions of I've told them all I'm doing this thing now and now all of a sudden it doesn't work so I've got to go back and say I'm not doing that anymore Um, and we've never had that we've just gone full fully in and if it doesn't work it doesn't work and we're not really too bothered that people are going to say oh you tried that thing it didn't work it's like because really no one cares but but then again I think when you 
like there has been loads of failures along the way yeah like we started a little sub brand of the graffiti company that was like, aimed at just like kids bedrooms and like this will be great this will work because it make like it's be us it separates what we're doing and our more kind of commercial stuff for bars and restaurants to the more kind of fun kids bedrooms didn't work because we didn't really realize how to price stuff at the time and actually those jobs to go and do them we weren't earning any money on so that kind of failed but it's just like okay well that happened and we just move on you just keep trying different things yeah we set up a gallery that failed yeah um so yeah we've had a bunch of of different things that have gone wrong but they're all they're all learning experiences and i think one of our guests um that that really stuck with me is a guy called Torre, who's uh an interviewer he's interviewed like every single person in the world he's interviewed obama and and like jay-z and biggie and like literally everyone he's amazing but one of the things he said is you only you only fail once you stop and that's so true he's like you can go completely bankrupt you haven't you've only failed if you then stop if you keep going because there's so many stories out there of of had a million dollars lost a million dollars got another million got it back again do you know what i mean and they if they stopped after the first loss then then they failed but because they kept going they're now seen as a they're now seen as a success story do you think there's also a skewed perception as to what success looks like or how fast you should reach success yeah because it's it's success is different for every single person and 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 you need to work out like i often say to people what do you want and that's such a difficult question to answer that takes a lot of reflection a lot of thought and most people don't know because it seems like it's the house and the car and the career i think that's the thing isn't it's like a lot of people you talk to like the media has a great idea of what success is and what's portrayed on you and like meeting someone the other week and I was like, oh, so what, what do you want to do? Like, they hadn't started, they were still working somewhere, looking to start a side project. But I think probably because starting a side project is trendy rather than the fact that it's actually what they want to do. And they're like, oh, okay, well, I want to start a business that does this, this, and this. And I was like, whoa, that's like, you. that sounds like something that's going to have like 50 employees. It's this huge thing. And you've not started anything yet. But to them, that's what success was, having this huge company. But like, I'm sure if you kind of break that down, it's like, well, what is it that you actually want? Do you want, why do you want that big company? Why do you want 50 employees? Is it just so you can show off to other people? Is that what it's about? And yeah, we that- need to get away from this this number of employees that you have thing. Because I tell you, like, we've we've got, what have we got? Like nine or eight as a fucking headache. I yeah. love you guys, if you're listening, which you probably are. <laughs> but like, they know, they know how hard it is to manage. Like, yeah, do not, if you can run something freelance yeah. successfully as a small like one two or three people unit do because a lot of people have this perception of i want to make a million that's when i'll be successful this random number and a million is fucking loads there's not many people in this country who earn a million pounds a year that's that's like so much money um and it's like do you actually need a million to survive like there's stats that have been done that as soon as you earn over 70 or 80 grand a year your actual happiness doesn't increase so as long as you can hit that 70 80 grand you're having a pretty comfortable life there i think it's um even as low as 30s i've seen some that say it's 37 i said that to you didn't i yeah i think it's that i think it's lower yeah i'll I'll fact check this don't worry journalist in the room but um for the um after but But yeah if if you just think about when you were 25 versus now when you might have been earning less yeah yeah like it's it's all the same people (laughs) people kind of like i want to say grow to their means i don't know if that's the right phrase but whatever they have they'll spend it and they'll keep going and keep going it's it's like um you will fill as much space as your handbag permits yeah. so if i take a small bag 
I'll fill it. Yeah. If I take a bigger bag, I will fill it all the way to the top. And then you'll be like, I can't have a smaller bag now. Yeah. Because I need all these things. And then you get trapped. There's the hedonic set point as well, isn't there? So um, in neuroscience, like when you get something and this that's just the hunter gatherer in us as soon as we achieve something our brain then says okay that's the status quo that's that's no longer exciting now you must find something else so if you're not and i've heard um, anna talk about this before but if you're not in love with the process then then really as soon as you meet that goal it's then i mean we interviewed a guy the other day um mike winnett who sold his company for 11 million dollars and all his life he had been striving towards like he, he like he worked in hsbc uh, as, as a, like a 21 year old and saw a guy working there i think it was called jerry or barry or something like that and barry had been there for 30 years and he was picking a gift out of the catalog that you get there for for being there for 30 years and just at 21 years old mike was like fuck that can't can't do it so he was like i'm gonna i'm gonna make a million so then that was a a I think a six or seven year journey of working in different startups, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't. He set up a video training business and him and his business partners wrote down this whole plan of what it was going to look like year one, year two, year three, selling in year three for their figure was $11 million. Sold it in year three for $11 million. Complete, everything came true. And he said that next day, as soon as that money's been deposited in his in his account, he was just miserable because he'd achieved his goal and all of his friends were being weird with him and everyone's like all of a sudden just treating him completely differently because he's now a millionaire and he can't just have a regular conversation with someone about oh my boiler's broken down it's going to cost me 300 quid then all of a sudden there's this weird thing between them of like do you want me to pay for it or should I offer to pay for it just all of this weird stuff that he didn't see coming and we sort of think like and and you're like oh well cry me a river you just got two million quid because that's that was his share was two million quid dumped in your bank account like i'm sure you'll get over it but like he now has found something that fulfills him he's like going around exposing all of these uh he calls them entrepreneurs people that like do those courses and the funnels and all of that stuff like that are just there to steal your money and that's like set him on fire and he's happy and he's got a purpose and he like everyone talks about simon sinek's why he's found his why but the money was not it but I, I think we can't you can't see that until you've done it really because it's so like you can't go to someone who's like struggling and not got much money and go well, it won't make you happy they'll be like fuck you man of course it will like I, I can't afford shit like so but then again if you can if you can gain happiness not from the things that you buy because really that's all it is isn't it it's like having that like fun tokens joe rogan calls it like having those fun tokens exchanging them for goods if you no longer build your self-esteem around having those goods then you should be all right with a lot less Uh, it's it's so hard though especially with that outside pressure that you have so i'm trying to pursue the creative path and even just socially amongst friends who also have fairly creative jobs even then you get this pressure where you feel like if i can't communicate something to you such as like amount of money i've made or a famous result or something that you can quantify then people can't compute what you're doing so they presume what you're doing is a waste of time so I think um but does the that first matter? does, that matter, does it matter no of course well no because I'm still really like stubbornly yeah. continuing but with the podcast I don't know um 
we, we whether you get this Anna but one of the first questions I always get is is it making money yes we get that too it's yeah like the thing um and that in itself I think just shows that's how people no one says are you enjoying it and feeling really fulfilled yeah and I am well it's that it's sort of I overheard someone in our a friend of ours I overheard some friends of ours talking about who's the most successful person like friend in the group and the person that was decided was the one who made the most money oh my god and I was sat there thinking I'm the most successful person in this group because I get to work with my best friend yeah um it's true and it's it's that thing it's how we measure measure success and what does success look like to you and that's also not to say that there there isn't there shouldn't really be a hierarchy as well because I feel that I am successful in my own definition. That doesn't mean that someone, maybe someone else's definition can rightly be that they make X amount of money. And if they're doing that, good, you know, good for them. Um, but so, also, they're a bit of a douche. Yeah, but, but I, was, I, I guess I, I, was, I was trying to say though that like even, I don't know about you guys, but as enlightened as I am, I still find it hard on a daily basis having those conversations and feeling like, because even that conversation might have made you feel a bit like, hmm you know yeah you, you can't help it's but really hard but the point i'm trying to make is really hard yeah that your first instinct is a bit your first instinct you know in any kind of hierarchy situation is why why haven't they said my name so i think what we're both trying to say is that it can be really hard to shake off the mindset and all of these sort of bad habits that you form when you succumb to all of the toxicity that happens in the sort of in work culture and in well in society more broadly as well i mean so you can see me here today um i've just finished painting so i'm wearing my paint clothes i'm covered in paint and i wear these clothes all the time and so and i get treated a certain way because i'm wearing these clothes because i look very very scruffy i've got paint all over me and so when i'm trying to get service somewhere or trying to be treated with respect by a ticket conductor or something like that i'm seen as a scruff bag like i don't it's so different if i if i dress up i notice that i'm treated significantly different um i wear my paint clothes all the time it doesn't it doesn't bother me like other people's judgment bounces off of me i don't care like i know in my core that i'm success like even in the traditional version or the media's version of what success is, I am successful. I own multiple businesses. But, like, for me, I am successful in that, like, I work with people that I love. I have a great team. I have a podcast that brings in DMs from people saying, like, thank you, this has helped or changed or whatever. Like, those are, are my stats for, for happiness, which I keep to myself and... Like I can smile on the way to work and I don't really care if someone looks at me funny because I've got paint all over me. What would you say your definition of success is? Progression. Like, it's happiness and progression and because they're so intrinsically tied together, I think. Because um, I'm only happy when I'm building. Um, yeah, because so. I think that's like... Because a lot of people will talk about success and how happiness is the goal and everyone wants happiness. But I think that kind of progression and that potential that we were talking about before we started recording is really important. Well, for me anyway, because like you could be a hippie living in a forest is the happiest person ever. Like you're not earning anything, but you're not living up to any potential there. It's just you're just at a level that you're happy with. I mean, to whose standard? 
Like, I mean, I think there's that there's that proverb, isn't there, of the of the the businessman meets the fisherman, and he says, um, like, oh, how many fish did you catch today? And the fisherman's like, oh, I just caught three fish. That's enough to feed my family, and now I can just relax and sit on the beach. And then the businessman's like, well if you employed someone else to do that fishing then and eventually you could have a whole like fleet of boats and then you'll uh, earn enough from doing all of that to then be able to relax and sit on the beach and it's like it's do you know what i mean that like yeah. i think we in the, so definitely in the west we're caught up in this whole other people's standards of what success is and if you are it's all about like when you're on your own and you look in the mirror are you happy with the person who looks back at you? And I think if you are, then you're winning. Whatever whatever it is you're doing, whether you're living in the woods, because I think when they like when you do measure happiness levels of people who are just living, I mean, look at Hannah Pixie. So we had um, Hannah Pixie Snow on the podcast, and she's now in Nepal setting up an eco lodge, and I mean, she's living in a hut in the woods yeah. basically, and like she is so fulfilled, and she's like fuck the west and she i mean she's always been super duper hippie but she's just like she's she's unlocked it and she's found her happiness so like i i don't so i don't think it's fair to say the person who lives in the heart in the woods is not reached their potential they've not reached your your vision of what potential should be yeah it's interesting so i suppose yeah what is potential I think it's a fe- isn't it a feeling because I think when I was ri- writing about potential the only way I knew how to think about it was whenever I've complained at a job about it being in a job even though I was doing well I'd be like I know I'm just giving it my 70% and in a way I slightly hate you for not realizing that um but actually I hated myself always um in these situations but I feel like it's th- when we talk about being fulfillment it's almost about being feeling full and giving it our all so if we're not doing that if we're being half-assed I think that just feels horrible. Mm. Everyone's nodding. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I think that's why it's frustrating for people. But I think with regards to how to wrestle the fact that we're certainly ambitious, obviously you guys are very ambitious. How can we, on the one hand, say, oh, it doesn't matter if you have pay rises, success and houses and blah, blah, blah. But on the other hand, um, you know, that doesn't affect happiness. But on the other hand, we do all work hard and strive for these things like how do we articulate how those two things can coexist because I think it's quite confusing for people because you get that story that's like life's a journey it's about being in the present and like that's the key to happiness it's like okay cool I'm going to sit in the present and like stop worrying but like how do we kind of manage those two conflicting views we've agreed to a system of money like that's how it is and the one thing I say to creative people all the time is like you cannot make an impact if you can't take care of yourself first like it's the whole thing of like fit your on the airplane fit your mask before helping others it's that whole thing isn't it like and and i think that's that's so true if like i i think impact is so huge whether it's one person if you're a primary school teacher and you you can impact like three kids in your class every year that will remember you for the rest of their life and you will change their trajectory or whether it's you have a podcast that reaches a million people and you fundamentally change all of their lives i think impact is is really really important and i've lost my train of thought now i think you were saying that we have agreed that money is the key measure oh, but yeah, actually yeah. you're saying yeah. impact is more so so i think that if you're if you're trying to make an impact 
the money brings freedom and the more and it brings like it frees up your time and the more cash that you're able to bring in the more people you are able to help so i think it's fine to have both i think it's fine to be successful and you don't need to be guilty for like driving a nice car if that makes you smile or wearing nice clothes or getting your hair done or do you know whatever it is that you spend money on to make you to bring you pleasure because that's pretty much all it is once you once your food and your rent is covered then it's just luxuries after that and i i think that's fine if you want a big house like live in a big house if you can afford to if you don't need a big house and you're struggling and you're in debt and you've just got a big house so you can show to everyone else that you've got a big house then like that's that's not what it's about i think you've got to work out what does actually genuinely make you happy because like for me rattling around in in the east wing it, it, do you know what i mean it's not it's not about that for me why do you think it is so hard for people to figure out what they actually want and what makes them happy too much information maybe too too much coming from so many directions of of this is this is success because when you look at someone like Hannah Pixie she's managed to get out of that and go I tried that I mean she was married to a rock star had a fucking huge house loads like bank account filled with money and now she lives in a fucking tree because she's a nutter do you know what I mean it's like she's she's had that she's had the thing that most people are going after and she's gone that's not for me and it doesn't make me happy I think a problem is people will look at other people and think oh well they're having a really good time I'll try and do that rather than actually kind of like internalizing what they actually want that's they'll just try and achieve other people's goals before they try and achieve their own I think that holds a that stops a lot of people going I collect toys um from the 80s and 90s and I would love a big enough like spare room to display them all properly like they deserve to be displayed so like in order to do that i'll need a bigger house so that's definitely on my radar i would like to move to a, to a bigger space so that i can display all my toys because my toys give me so much pleasure the artwork on the packages when i look at a masters of the universe toy from 1982 that makes me really happy so i'd love to be able to walk into that space and space and do that um so i'm gonna have to paint a lot of walls and and get there but that doesn't mean that i can't help thousands of people along the way and do both and it's fine to do both i think there's a lot of guilt around it of of like there's this finite amount of cash in the world and if you're earning then that means someone else is getting less it's like no man just get as much as you can and and use it for good use it to make yourself happy use it to make other people happy Yes, scarcity mindset is something that I think keeps coming up in all of the conversations we have where it's either about money or it's about success. Um, This idea that if someone else has that thing, then I can't have it, whether that's earning a certain wage or um, accomplishing a certain project or goal or something, when actually there, or at least I believe that there is room for everyone at the top um, and I think that can also hold a lot of people back that it's quite easy to say that oh someone else has achieved that thing so there's no point in me going for it yeah it definitely happens a lot in the creative world where people are like well there's already loads of great painters already loads of great photographers there's already loads of great writers out there what's the point in trying because they've got all the work but I think that's quite a 
you have that you think like that before you actually go into the world and actually see how much jobs and stuff there are out there there's always people who need things and if you're talented i think that's a really important thing it's like if you're talented and you're more talented than someone else who's getting paid to do that you can make a full-time living doing it if you're just getting started then then it might be quite hard but as soon as you get to the level where your skill and your talent is at the level that the playing field is then yeah there's room for you i remember being younger though and always hearing people say but you've got a unique voice and no one else has got has has your experience and like it's impossible for anyone to have the same experience as you so that's what you've got that's it's completely unique and for me at the time like straight white male I was like and I'm making artwork and I was like what can I make art about I was like I'm like I can't do you know what I mean like the most generic thing is is a straight white man who has all of the power all of the privilege and the opportunities like where's where's my struggle and when I'd hear people say oh only you have your your own unique voice I was like but not but not me like that's for other people and it really didn't it took me a long time to actually realize yeah every single person does have a completely unique experience and I think a lot of that is even recently over the past year of doing the podcast of of in the beginning we sort of sat down and we're like oh do do we have the right to do this do we have the right to actually say like we know a bit about some stuff like come and listen to like is that a bit egotistical saying oh come and listen to our advice we can help you and and so it's always present and then you have to sit down and go well actually we have run a business for 10 years and we've done all this stuff and like yeah actually so i think it's just it's uh it's a confidence thing and it took me a long time to actually get over it and with the with the scarcity mindset thing like that's still something that we're working on because when a job comes in to us it's like let's let's do it and currently like we have more work than we can handle and the my instinct is to go no we we can do that as well yeah let's work harder let's work harder and longer and let's get more artists in and let's like work ridiculously um and really what we've got to do is be strong and we've got to say to our clients like yes we can paint it for you but no you're going to have to wait until march because our february is is booked out and that's so hard because for years when you come from beans and noodles and you're like i can't pay my rent the instinct is to grab every single paying opportunity that comes in and so it's still there in me of like you're going to say no to a 20k job and it's like yeah we've we've got to because we've we're too busy we can't take it on so that's another thing and it's still a work in progress because i still see that like saying no to 20k is hard for me to do it's like it's difficult yeah i feel like it comes with security it's like when you're first getting started you have so little security so little money it's like i'm just going to grab anything i can but then as soon as you get to a level where you've got the basis covered you can pay your rent you can eat like you're at a level then i feel like it's easier to turn things down than at the start when yeah, because it's because it's important. Because I sound like a bit of a dick going, we're turning down like massive, massive jobs. But that's been ten years, and that doesn't happen after three years, and doesn't happen after five years. Do you know what I mean that's when you've been working your ass off for a decade? Is when you get to the position where you you can kind of do that. Yeah, and I think just if if you are good enough, then the jobs will keep coming. And like, we've never had a month in ten years where we've not made salary and that's like 10 years worth of 
business. Yeah. Apart from the first like probably year where we did, we weren't. Oh yeah, yeah. Ourselves. When we weren't paying ourselves. Since we employed a member of staff, from then on we yeah. paid. Yeah. Why do you think everyone is so obsessed with productivity? To take this in a completely different direction. I almost feel like it's an excuse not to work. I feel like people instead of actually physically sitting down and doing the work, want to try and find hacks and stuff to make themselves do it in a completely optimal way. I remember being at a party once and um, this guy turned up and gave this other guy these like um, nootropic mushroom things to like, and this guy came in and I was like, he seems like a really weird like hippie kind of guy. And I like, I was talking to my girlfriend, I was like, if Elon Musk, someone who's like, at the top of their game was like I'm like my mind's working at 95% by taking this it's going to push me to 100 which that 5% for someone like that is going to make a huge difference I think a lot of people are running at say like 50% of what their potential is and thinking like oh well instead of actually trying to put the hard work in I'm going to take try and research how to hack and get all these shortcuts so there's a YouTuber who I watch who said that the amount of videos there are that basically say how how do you get famous on youtube how to get more subscribers that's what people search for because they want this shortcut they want this hack to make themselves not have to actually work to get there whereas no one searches for how to edit videos quicker because by doing that that will get you more subscribers that will make you famous on youtube but people want that shortcut they just want someone to be like oh well, here's just this little 10 minute thing you have to do and then you're successful whereas yeah I, so i think people are so hyped on product productivity but they're probably not working at a level that's high enough anyway. It's just to distract them, basically to procrastinate. That's my rant over. Something that I feel like people are quite obsessed with in themselves. I think it's a personal development thing. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I do, I've never heard a manager. Because I watch a lot of Maybe, productivity actually. content. Same. Yeah. I and think what's really interesting is that economically and productivity with a capital P is, is stagnant, but our... Per, our kind of drive for personal productivity there's this whole wave especially on youtube there's this whole kind of how to be more productive so many videos so many blog posts all of this stuff that's on the personal level there is it's a really big thing i think it's achievable like anyone can do it it's something you're in control of like you can make yourself work harder by doing these things whereas if a lot of like this personal development and those kind of videos are aimed at people who are like freelancing have their own businesses or they're trying to make their own money in some way and yeah so it's like so you can control what you actually do whereas running your running a business that's quite hard and there's lots of other things and other people are involved in that as well so it's like i think productivity is something that you can make yourself do and get better at whereas to grow a business is actually quite hard and requires lots of other people's input so i think it's like yeah just something that people spend a lot of time thinking about rather than actually doing i think i've no i don't struggle with feeling that i'm unproductive if i thought oh, i can cram more into this day then i would but i don't think that like i got back from holland a couple of hours ago and then i painted all day today and now i'm doing a podcast it's like I don't feel unproductive, so I don't need to squeeze another an extra hour. I go to bed at ten religiously. Um, that makes me productive because I don't stay up working till one a.m. till my eyes are bleeding and then 
have to stay in late in the morning and have it catch up with me like I get up at six and start working then so I don't feel like there's anywhere where I need to produce more I think there's that phrase where you have the same amount of hours in a day as the top CEOs in the world or whatever it is and I think you look on Instagram you look on you look online you see other people who are really successful and you're like oh well they must know something that they must be more productive than me because we've got the same amount of hours so what are they doing in their day that I'm not doing because I'm not as successful as them so it means we must be doing something different day to day I think that's where the whole productivity thing's really kicking off because entrepreneurship is getting more popular and people are seeing people who are successful at that and they're trying to find a way that they can get themselves into that position yeah they think like dipping in a cold bath in the morning is gonna get them success rather than building a team around them of people that are, are also successful do you know what I mean like they then they're concentrating on the wrong bits yeah, yeah yeah I think it's also sorry I think it's I think it might also be I mean we love blaming the patriarchy and the bad parts of capitalism on our podcast but I think it also plays into that as well because productivity puts as you said productivity puts the onus on the individual to get better to hustle harder to make changes um and it doesn't actually question whether the whether the problem is actually the system and why are you trying to cram more into your day is it because actually you're doing a job that is physically impossible and that you're you've had so many more duties added on to your job description that actually this is a two-person job and you can try all of the hacks that you want but the problem is actually yeah i completely completely agree i think especially like since 2008 when like so many people lost their jobs so many businesses now will like they'll make someone redundant they won't re-employ it'll be like okay well now this person's doing two persons two people's worth of jobs and then say that person leaves when new comes into the role they just assume whoever left that job was doing by all of these things so they then question themselves and think well i'm there must be something wrong with me here i must not be productive enough and that's probably where they go then go to search for how to become more productive and then find all the people that are giving them the answers that they want to hear rather than thinking that person probably left this job because it was too hard and they couldn't cope and they had to leave because i think this all the time about like jobs like proper jobs quote unquote is the fact that if someone's left that job it probably means they weren't very happy there like it's the same with like relationships it's like if someone's single they've probably had some bad relationship previously and that's why they're not together anymore so it's like if you go into that new space it's like it's not going to be this perfect thing unless someone left because they got say they went to have kids or something so they've left for their own personal choices not because they decided to leave it because they didn't like it so it's really hard to find a job that you enjoy doing and that's why turnovers on jobs are so high well my view on the productivity piece and um it links with what we were saying before is i think it does come from the scarcity mindset so because we have this mindset or that's been ingrained in us i feel like that attempt at shortcutting with regards to the um youtube video example you used adam it's like trying to cheat your way to the top quicker because there's not that much time i don't have that much time i have to get there first how can i hack my way because there's not enough space for all of us and i think that's also coupled with anna your thing about not how it all on me versus like the system and it's like very putting all the pressure on you and it's like 
trying to optimize yourself like you're a robot i think that's yeah. also part of that same it's all it, it's all part of the same thing and i think that's why we're so obsessed with productivity but actually i don't know what we should do about it though should we just should we? you just keep going you just have patience <laughs> I, that's what I think it is yeah. patience is the key isn't yeah. it yeah and I, and i and i also think sorry but um we're also very distracted at the same time so whenever i've worked in an actual company you're always being distracted and there's a lot of value given to performative working whereas since going freelance i feel hugely productive yeah. and that's just because i put my phone in a different room and when i turn it on i get bajillion whatsapps from people i know who still work in offices yeah. so yeah. <laughs> yeah um so yeah so that's kind of i hope i haven't offended our friends now but yeah stop yeah. texting tiffany <laughs> <laughs> do some bloody work <laughs> but do you know what i mean i think like we've we're trained to see work to be very different to what it is but when you work for yourself and you get rid of those distractions you don't find yourself googling top five hacks to be more productive i think patience actually is something that i have always really really struggled with and i think it ties to something you were saying earlier about the tension in um, ambition and success because on the one hand I do find that my impatience is the thing that drives me to figure stuff out but it also is the thing that makes it really hard for me to sit and to sit on the journey basically and I think there I think that I think there is I don't think I'm the only person who kind of struggles with impatience and ambition so is that something that are you just are you just a completely patient person? How do you deal with that? Or do you not have it? I think, so let's use the podcast for for an example. Um, we know that in three years time, it will be absolutely gigantic. Um, currently, it gets about a thousand listens a day, um, which is already like really huge. We needed it to be successful in the beginning enough for us to feel like what we were doing was worthwhile because for us a successful podcast is one that people actually listen to because um, there are so many out of, out there that that people do, just aren't listening to um, which is a shame because I'm sure so, like a lot of them are great but if they're not good at their sales and marketing then they're not then they haven't do you know what I mean so for us when we started the podcast like marketing was a huge part of it to make it grow to get to number one as soon as we launched it and all of that stuff was very calculated so we were we were patient we are patient with the show and its growth but also we are like ruthlessly kind of enthusiastic and and ambitious in growing it as quick as possible but at the same so we kind of back keep the two together so i don't know if that answers answers it for you but it's like yes we are patient and we do have a long-term goal but at the same time we're happy with the results but at the same time we need those results to be to be good so we will do the research so so the patience comes in the eight months before we release episode one in the research that goes into the itunes algorithm what we're going to do on launch day making friends with different influencers that are going to become guests on the show that are then going to share it when it launches that's patience of like because most people go i want to start a podcast i've bought the mics let's do it next week so for us it was an eight an eight month process of working out how we were going to do it then actually doing it executing being successful so that we have enough that's like 
keeps us on our toes and we see we see a, a progressive every week you can look forward and go oh we're growing and you look at the bar chart and it's going like that it's going upwards that is how we stay patient because we're always edging towards our goals but they're way off in the future and that's patience of getting to it fuck that was complicated yeah. i'm sorry no i think <laughs> i think what i really relate to this because i ha- i'm working on long-term projects that need that but in the meantime I acknowledged I needed a bit of feedback so that's why I launched a newsletter because I was like I need to write something that goes into the world and I get a little bit of feedback from because I think I've spent um, eight or nine months working on something that's not seen the light of day yet so I think what I'm hearing is that you need enough feedback to know that you're not completely in the wrong path yeah but also patience to know that to get to the really meaningful goals you're just going to have to wait it out and I find listening because I remember you guys said on one of your episodes about how important patience was for success and I just like mutter it to myself that it's like you have to remind yourself all the time just be patient and I think it's appreciating things as you go along as well like yes you'll have a long-term goal of this is where you'd like to be in this amount of time this is one day we might like to have something that could look like this but it's like when we get a DM from someone whose life we've changed, who we've really helped, who just enjoyed this week's episode. It's like it's those little things that you need to actually like take in and be happy with and be like, I am making a difference. It's like if today's a bit hard, just remember that actually we are still progressing towards something. It might feel like, oh, we've not gone up listenership in the past two weeks. Well, it's only two weeks. Like If you look back at like what I like to do is just look back at, well, where were we this time last year? And just keep, instead of looking forward all the time, looking back and appreciating how far you have come. Yeah, Anna and I love sending each other screenshots of messages we've got from people. It means the world to us. Yeah. Because people probably think, oh, it's a bit weird to message someone you don't know. But we absolutely, it keeps us going, as you said. And I think what's really great to remember as well is every single person who's messaged you, there's 10 people who haven't. Like how many people that you love have you actually messaged? Like a lot, like I don't message anyone really, but I consume my content and I love what they do. So there must be so many people out there who love your content, but haven't, just don't feel the need to actually message you. Message more creators, I think, is the yeah. Let us know. We need here. we need to be fed up. We need <laughs> yeah. constant we need <laughs> gratification because, because we're we know we're practicing patience, but a bit of validation along the way would be great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I I think it's so important and we we're good at being patient now because we've had a decade of doing this and realizing the things that we were working on did pay off and some of them don't but like if you're working on five different things then and two of them do pay off then it's all worth it it's when you start and you don't have a track record then you're just going on blind faith and that's why most people stop and most people quit and I suppose one of our missions with the pod is like getting that across to people of like no just keep going because most people are going to stop most people are going to quit if you keep going like you it can't help but something to happen because the more you put energy into something something will come from it and I mean one thing that we say a lot is is the people that you meet will change your life and I think there's whatever your dream or your goal is there's someone on the planet who can make that happen you just have to get to them and maybe you can't just phone them up right now because you're not at that stage yet but you can go up the ladder and and seven degrees of kevin bacon like you can get to a person so it's just that might be a 10-year journey it might be a three-year journey but it's just having 
like having that patience and and striding forward but you have to have blind faith in the beginning and so reassurance from people like us all sat around this table of like it does pay off and and like so believe in yourself because we can tell you from experience if you do just keep going you do keep working then then things come yeah i like to sort of think of it like a university course like you're paying this amount of money you're signing up to it for three years and then when you come out the other end of it then you've got your degree so it's like if you're starting anything whatever it is give yourself like three years and we've kind of found three years is a bit of a magic rule for a lot of guests we've had on it's almost like the amount of time if you put your constant time into it for three years good things happen at the end of that and it's kind of weird because it's like after those three years you've made all these little connections along the way you've your you've increased your talent like everything's kind of got better to a point where at that three years the phone starts ringing more and you start getting more jobs come up and more people like people become like more easily available and it's yeah this three years thing is magic so like we talk a lot about planting flags as well so mm. every podcast episode that you create every instagram post that you make every newsletter um email that you send out every single one of those is a flag and at some point it will reach someone that will then become a client or a friend or whatever it may be and so the more flags that you plant the more chances you have of success because you're you're and and really like i learned that from graffiti from just painting in the streets for years and years is like our, your goal as a graffiti artist is to become well known like for people to see your stuff more like all the time so you just started planting flags like painting characters and because because I, I always used to say my my characters that I was painting were flying a flag for me because it, it like every time someone saw one of those and I like I used to travel up and down the country and people would see something in Manchester and then people would be like oh my god when when they meet me they'd be like oh I saw I saw oh I know your stuff yeah I saw it on the on the M25 and like and so I was just my characters were waving flags for me wherever I would paint them and it's exactly the same thing in business. We then took it forward and, and just realized like the more impressions that we have on people that they, they may like may not come into anything. So it's a, like a really long game of um, I, and it reminds me of the, the upside down pyramid. So at the bottom of the pyramid is a sale and the top of the pyramid is awareness. So the more people that are aware of your product or service or what you do, they will then eventually filter down and some of them will buy so the wider it is at the top the more sales you're going to get and that's all it is is just planting as many flags letting as many people know that you exist that you're doing something creative and then people can find you i think what's really important as well is like as david said there the people you meet who change your life if you can meet someone tell them about your thing and they like it so much that they start telling people then those people can start telling people as well that's when amazing things start to happen because without you even putting any any more energy people are spreading it for you so they're like so your flags just multiply yeah and sometimes you just need to meet one right person i mean you can post an image to instagram and instagram pick it up post it on their on their page and then all of a sudden you've got twenty thousand followers for nothing that can happen but that's like playing the lottery so it's better to go for the sort of like play the lottery as well but also like kind of go for the surefire things because i mean we talk a lot about i think we've got like 55,000 um followers on instagram for graffiti life um and i've got maybe 300 connections on linkedin we've made zero money from instagram and we've made millions from linkedin from 300 connections and it's like it's nice to have the instagram it's cool and people like looking at our stuff 
but for us in terms of like keeping a roof over our head those 300 connections they're the most important ones they're our clients and they're they're the people that we need to put the time in so a post on instagram is a bonus a post on linkedin is almost essential to keep keep planting flags keep being in the peripheral vision of those decision makers of those people who buy what we do and i think you talked about there about the lottery how you can play a lottery put a pound in it and then you might win but if you do it again and again and again a million times then there's a really good chance you will win so it's like if you walk into a room there's like one in a thousand chance that you might meet someone who could really really make your life better like walk go into a thousand rooms like put yourself in those situations where good things can happen because if you don't nothing ever will and i think one thing we've really taken away from all of our businesses is just like just meeting people because yeah like everything comes from other people so if you can meet people become friends with them and it's like don't go to networking events to try and just like network go there to try and make friends because if you can get to a stage where you're only working with your friends and you're earning a full-time living like it's fucking great i mean we will let you speak i promise but, <laughs> but one more thing that that just made me think of is i met recently a student at like a mentoring thing and she was making recycled like from recycled bottles she was making jewelry and she said i went to six meetings and i none of them said yes and i was about to give up and then i, I went to my seventh meeting and they said yes and i was like fuck you are so lucky that seven said yes I was like because for most people 99 people say no and she was ready to give up after six after six pitches and you have to have that resilience of like when you start out and you've got no track record and you've got no portfolio to speak of most people are going to say no to you you've got to find those one or two clients that are willing to take a chance on you and that comes from asking so many people to to take that chance and then when the one the one says yes, then you take that work that you made for that one person and you show it to another hundred people and then hopefully you'll get two and then it goes from there. And as you said, you only fail when you stop. Yeah. Which I wrote down to remind myself <laughs> at a future date. I think the last thing we want to ask you guys is you talk so much about why creativity is so important, but can we just speak a bit about that? Why is it such an important thing? Well, so firstly, what is creativity? Because the word is overused and underdefined. Um, I think that every single human on the planet is creative. Um, and I think a lot of people mistake artistic for creative. And you can be an accountant. And whilst you can't be creative in the books because you get in trouble, you can still be a creative person. Um, I think creativity is problem solving it's mashing things together that don't normally go together it's trying new stuff it's having the courage to try and fail because that's where if you if you never try anything then you like nothing new ever happens like currently i'm painting portraits in neon pink uh, which came about completely by accident um because and neon pink is so hard to use as a as a because there, there's no other tones in that yeah you can't blend it so through basically just an accidental mark that i made i was like oh that could be interesting go down that rabbit hole could have been a complete failure i could have not been able to make the paint behave how i wanted it to but i'm going through that journey and, and now i'm painting using like pretty much predominantly using neon paint um but that's because i've given myself the permission to try stuff that might not work 
Um, so I think creativity is trying and failing. It's throwing mud against the wall, seeing what sticks, and it's problem solving. And I think it is the most fundamental human characteristic and trait that we that we have because it's how you make change. It's how everything is how it is. And it only changes when something creative happens. And every single thing that's happened on the planet that's changed the status quo has been because someone has been creative. So, like, what's more important than that? Because what is, does a world look like without creativity? It's just everything being the same. It's just nothing ever changes. Fuck that. It's bleak. Bleak, but also strangely uplifting. Yes, no, in general, <laughs> uplifting because thankfully we do have creativity. But I was just because positive. I was imagining this world without it, and it and it was it was bleak. But yeah, you're totally it doesn't right. Thinking about, yeah. but a lot of people do live in that world where they don't allow themselves because school, for example, trains us to not think outside the box too, because they want us all like sitting in rows and then the bell rings and everything is designed for for homogenization and just everyone to be exactly the same and then most people leave that environment they go into a corporate work structure where it's basically exactly the same that's what school was training you for and so there's a lot of people who don't have any creativity in their life and i think those people are probably miserable and some a, a listener recently because i i'd mentioned it on the podcast where I was like, I think that creativity, and I can only speak from my own personal experience, but I think creativity is really good for mental health. Because when I was in a low place, it was painting that I I found my purpose, I found what I love to do. And so I was like, I'm playing around with this idea where I think, because mental health is a very tricky topic, and because I don't know much about it, I don't want to say something that's going to upset or offend anyone but a listener then sent me all of these articles where it's like just proof that creativity makes you happier as a person so i think that those people who are who are miserable who are trapped inside the matrix who aren't who don't who are too scared and don't give themselves that permission to be creative to try something new to fucking go rock climbing or join a choir or or go on eventbrite and and just randomly scroll through and just click i'm going to go to that one go to a calligraphy class or whatever random shit just try some new stuff and most people don't give themselves permission to do that um and i think if they do they'd be happier and i think the whole world would be happier with creativity if if they were more embracing of it yeah we we can only talk for ourselves and every single person we've had on the podcast and everyone everyone who seems to be really happy in their lives and they're all creative so it's like that's either a really really massive coincidence or there's something there so i feel like if you're not creative or you don't think you're creative just try because i'm pretty sure we're not really really fortunate it's a sort of yeah. die on anyway we yeah we'll go to the grave but believing that so yeah i think that's a really good note to end this on thank you very much you two thank you thank, thank you, you too. thanks been fun where can people find you if they want to find more of your work and also the podcast? Uh, so you can find us on all podcast platforms. We're Creative Rebels. So if you just search for that. Um, and you can find us on Instagram at Rebels Create. And our website is creativerebels.co if you want us for any speaking gigs. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. You are listening to Is This Working with your hosts, Anna Codrerado 
and Tiffany Philippou. The show was produced by Chris Bannister. Please rate, subscribe, share this episode if you enjoyed it. It will help other people find it. And of course, we want to hear from you because this podcast is all about how we can improve all our working lives. Email us at isthisworkingshow at gmail.com and tweet us at isthis underscore working. Thanks for listening. Bye. I was gonna wait. So just I was just gonna say, well, where can people find you? I mean, uh, I'm going to say that just again. Pause and then yeah. sex or those Chris will tell us. Off. I mean, Chris is gonna kill us when he. Please like, <laughs> <when> <laughs> do it once now. Sorry, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> we meant you're meant to pause and then go. It's fine. Mm-hmm.